Welcome to the Best Hour of Their Day podcast with your hosts, Jason Fernandez and me, Jason Ackerman. With more than 20 years in the business, as both coaches and affiliate owners, our passion is to help create world-class affiliates and coaches by building better boxes. Welcome to the best hour of your day. Fern, I want to challenge you right now. Challenge accepted. All right, here you go. You heard it, Katie. I'm going to challenge Katie too. Coming after both of you today. Sure. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Let's, with the exception of your pokey kid, I know you are fascinated by the pokey kid. Have we found out who he is, by the way? I got pretty, I'm pretty sure I did, but it's, I'm pretty sure he is under 18 years old. And so we are yeah, not so going to talk about it. That's yeah. as far as we get. I clear want your, you clear both. your browser history. No, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> duck, duck, go, Katie. You got to use duck, duck, go. <laughs> nope. They, they switched their, their stuff. So it's back Can, to Firefox. <laughs> Either of you think of a recent experience you've had out, you know, it doesn't have to be a restaurant, but anywhere in the world in, in some sort of, you know, you, you were paying to do something and you had just an amazing experience enough that you left a review or, or you felt compelled to tell somebody, right? Cause I think that's a big problem with, you know, experiences. It's almost like the great ones are assumed, but when they're bad, we get mad and leave a review. I've always done this since being a small business owner, when I've had a good experience, I try to tell the person above that person, whether it's meaningful or not, like if they hear about it, you know, hopefully that leads to something beneficial for that person. But can you think of anything, either of you? I'm, I mean, myself, not, included, I'm thinking. not, not recent, just because it's been hard to, to go a lot of places over the last several years. Um, but I mean, I do have quite a few, um, and but I have one in particular that still just really sticks out in my mind because it was it was so unusually good that I would that it would it caught me off guard. You isn't that surprising though in this world like average is like what we've become known to accept. Well, that that was kind of where like as you're saying that's kind of where I was going in my mind is that this this idea of word of mouth right so everything throws a word of mouth like everything's word be really good word of mouth but I, I think there should be a lot more thought put into that because if, if it's done really well, people almost can't not talk about it. Like if it's that good, think about a, uh, anybody that you know that saw a movie that just like blew their socks off. Dude, you guys, we talk about, I mean, we got Katie literally to watch Ted Lasso. Right. Same thing. So right. the exact, and uh, so I was traveling yesterday uh, back from a level two and Kristen and I were talking, Kristen Bowen, she's a flow master for CrossFit as, and she and I kind of always exchange TV series. Cause we, it, it, there's like, you just watch a TV series when you travel, you travel and, back and forth to West Virginia with her when you go work in like Raleigh. Uh, no, we flew to Charlotte. So we fly okay. out of here and yeah, we end up traveling together. But so think about this, right? So have you ever had somebody recommend a show that was garbage? Yeah. And then you hate that person for the rest right, of your life. Exactly. Right. But the flip side is, is they'll come back to you. If it's good, they're like, that show was amazing. That, and then you have something to talk about. And I think if we kind of reimagine the idea of really providing top notch service when people come in the door and there, so there's, and I've been, there's a little bit of a, a friction with this idea of, have you read the book talk triggers? 
No, I've not read that. So there's a book called Talk Triggers, and it's essentially uh, not a gimmicky way, but it's a strategic means of creating things that people would talk about. So the Doubletree does cookies. Um, Which, like, by the way, how awesome is that? You go to a Doubletree hotel and you're like, yeah, I'll take a freaking warm chocolate chip cookie. Right. So that's their that's their you talk think I've trigger. got this dad bod by not eating warm chocolate chip right. cookies. So there so there there are the like talk triggers have value, but I do think you should be careful with regard to it. It can be gimmicky. If that's all that is just a talk trigger about that thing, but it's not about the actual service, then there's a, then I think it can be problematic. So I think understanding the idea of talk triggers and then trying to make your service, the talk trigger, meaning that place is amazing. And sometimes people can't even explain why they just go down the litany of reasons that, that they can't not go to this place that becomes the talk trigger. And so the, where I was going to go with the, the mine was, um, so there's a, there's a resort, I guess it's a resort. I don't know if it's a resort or not called sea Island in Georgia. Um, and, uh, Georgia, it, Katie, not, not far. The, it's the cloister. So, um, the what it's the, the, the hotel is called the cloister and it's really nice. So Jess and I went there for our 10 year, is our 10 year. I don't know. We went there for an anniversary years ago. No, it couldn't be 10 years. We just had 11. That makes sense. But anyway, we went there for, um, different life. Yeah. Ooh, sorry, babe. Uh, the, <laughs> no, so we went there for our, our anniversary and everywhere we went, this is, this was ridiculous. Everywhere we went to include the gift shops, people knew our names somehow. When we went to eat breakfast, the, Are you the wearing waitress, name tags? no, <laughs> no. And everywhere we went and, and everywhere we went, everybody knew our name. When we checked in at the, the, when we, when we drove through the gate, the guard knew our name. I don't even know how he somehow had our license with our rental car, which is kind of terrifying. And then when we got there, people like got us out of the car. They're like, Mr. And Mrs. Fernandez. Like, I mean, it was amazing. We sat down with the concierge. We went to dinner and then the, our waiter booked uh, like reservations for us, like for something the next day. I mean, it was so over the top with regard to customer service. I was like, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If you were to go away for a weekend, getaway to anywhere, you know, a Marriott type of place, Mm -hmm. how does this um, rate as far as cost? Is this a like 10 times the cost? So you're getting, because you know, some of it definitely has to do with that value. You walk into a Chipotle, you get Chipotle service versus, you know, a great, you know, restaurant, four star, five star restaurant, you get right. different It's definitely not cheap, right? But it's not over the top. So, gotcha. I, I mean, th- I think for maybe like including travel and everything, you know, we, we spent a few thousand dollars to go to this thing for like three or four days. I don't remember. What An it was. expensive getaway, but not like unaffordable, obviously. I mean, it's definitely, it's not chump change. I don't, I don't want to be flipping about that. Like it, it was so something that like, hey, we're, rife money, we're gonna, you know, you're we're gonna, we're gonna, it, we're, you know? We're, it was one of those things where like, we're going to spend a lot of money. And then when we left there, it was one of these things where like, oh, I don't regret one penny that we spent. And that was, and that was everything included. So it was like, you know, a few thousand dollars. I don't remember what it was, but with the meals and all the activities and everything. So, um, but it, if from a scale of one to 10 on, comparison to go to like a, I mean, they're not even on the same chart. And I will tell you the things that I was most impressed with or the things that I was most blown about blown away by were not things that cost money, by the way. Like what? Just the fact that they knew your name. What else? Yeah. The name thing was huge. And it was everywhere we went. Some, they knew our names. 
like this the certain they had your your room key was essentially which is a good business tactic was was linked to your card on file so if you had your room key you could buy anything in, on the resort no matter where you yeah went. so it's like you don't even realize you're spending money exactly yeah. but but that so there's a convenience factor but then there's a then there's a customer service factor and then you obviously don't have to go over the top and you don't have to be charging a billion which by dollars. the way boxes can learn from that hey fit aid kill cliff o2 hey throw this on my membership people don't realize they're spending 3 bucks a pop 30 times a month 90 bucks. If you were like, Hey, give me 90 bucks and you can have O2 every day. They'd be like, no. Well, so this is the, well, so this is one of the pillars of retail, which is make point of sale. Very, very easy. So if you have something that's at base versus they have to go write their name down on something, or they have to get you to check out. But I mean, my members all the time, they're just like, just on their phone, just walking out. And they're like, I think I might've stolen from you yesterday. I'm not sure. And I'm like, Nope, I got your money. You're good. Um, <laughs> So, so that's one of them, but that, so that convenience and then com- combined with the, with the customer service aspect of it, that was what I was most impressed. It's not, I, I mean, I've been in nicer hotels where I was, I was, man, this is like, you know, like crazy over the top. Like the room was very nice. Like it was, it was a, it was a nice place, but that wasn't the part that made it really pleasant. The things were not what made it pleasant the experience is what made it pleasant, right? And I know there's a lot that goes into the experience that they provide there, a lot of logistics and systems and all that stuff. But to be very candid with this, there are none of the things that they did that I found to be valuable were things that you couldn't implement in a CrossFit gym. Isn't it hard though? Like, I mean, once you look at things through the lens of business ownership, it's very hard to turn that off. Oh, sometimes I just want to help people. And well, and I get... I'm so harsh on small business owners to a fault because bad small business owners give all the rest of us, you know, a bad name, but it's more just like, how do you not care more? Like, I don't understand that. Like if you're, if you do it like, but on the same token, like if you do a good job, I'm the first to be like, I'll leave you a Google review. I will tell you you did a good job. I'll tip you very well. So it's, it's, it, it is a struggle. Like since, you know, opening my very first, business, you know, back in the early 2000s, it's like, okay, now that's, it's so tough. I, there's this, I, I think there's a weird misconception or um, just maybe lack of understanding of the price of the thing that I pay. It has to be high in order for me to get really good. And when I say high, I mean, I mean, really high. I'm talking about premium, high ticket, thousands of dollars. And there's a, uh, there's a few companies right off the top of my head that, would go against the grain on that thought. One of them would be Chick-fil-A. So Chick-fil-A customer service is, is, is off the charts, particularly when compared to other, there's like, they cannot made up their own uh, like name for their style of services, like fast casual or something like that. Right. Um, But if you were to compare the customer service, and I haven't been to many of these in years, but I pretty I could guess this pretty well. A Chick-fil-A versus a McDonald's versus a Burger King versus a Wendy's versus a Hardee's. Chick-fil-A doesn't even end up on the same chart as the other ones with regard to the interactions that you have with people, the efficiency with which you get through the line, and the amount of money that you spend and the meal that you get is probably not really that different. Let's be honest. No, I would say it's all the same when you, you know, talk about those, those ones that you laid out there. You know, so, but, Anytime I go to the other ones, I compare them to Chick-fil-A just based on the service, not the food, nothing. I'm really? Just, you feel God, this place way? sucks. I'm like, 
Well, I don't know. I don't know why they, why does it take 15 minutes to get uh, like grilled nuggets or, or French fries? Like, what are you doing? Like, that's literally one of the top three items on your list. Like what the hell is happening back there versus if I go to Chick-fil-A, there's a thought process put into it. Like they, they have thought about like the time from you having an interaction for somebody getting the sale to getting to the window, to getting your food and leaving. And what all of those people say to you in route, like none of that is by accident, by the way. And I, one of my very good friends owns two of them. So I have deep understanding of the amount of time and effort they put into that whole process. Like it's not a little bit of time, but you could do the same thing in your CrossFit gym. Maybe not to that degree. That's a billion dollar entity. But if you did it half that good, you would be crushing. Hey, did you agree with this? I do. I actually have, um, my story that I, that you asked about like 20 minutes ago was about Chick-fil-A too. And the, for, for me, something that stood out, it's actually impacted me today with coaching because Chick-fil-A always has great service, but this one always stands out to me. I went to a drive through one time I was in college and it was wrapped around the building and I got to the, the counter, the window thinking like, okay, this guy is going to rush me through because they have so many people, but he literally, he was drenched in sweat. And he's so smiling and he, he asked me how I was doing, but it wasn't like when people ask you and they, you just, they're just asking to ask you, he genuinely asked me and he stood there and he waited for me to respond. And it was just an incredibly, like it was an incredibly stressful environment or it felt stressful, but he made it feel incredibly not stressful. And like, he was truly interacting with everybody who came through the drive-through. And that really stood out to me because I guess from specifically from a coaching perspective, if you see like 10 people sign up for your class and then all of a sudden 20 show up, they can notice if you are frazzled. And I just really, that was a really, for some reason that always stuck with me, that takeaway of people can tell when you're frazzled, but just, you can still meet them where they're at, no matter if a wrench is thrown into the situation. So so I have two follow-up questions. One, you see a line of cars. Why did you stay there? Like- I know that Chick-fil-A is Chick-fil-A get you through. It, yeah, yeah, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A gets you through no matter what. If okay. I saw that at a Wendy's, I would be like, all right, I'm going to go somewhere yeah, else. I'm de- no, yeah. Nowhere else with that line would I stop with Chick-fil-A. I'm, I'll be there through that line in five minutes. That won't even yeah. matter. Mm-hmm. Follow-up question. You weren't concerned that the person preparing your food was really sweaty? He wasn't. He was the greeter at the at the window. So he wasn't the preparer of the foods. But you could see like everybody was running around preparing the foods. But his job was to make you feel like clearly to make you feel seen. And yeah, so I, mean, I have a follow, I have I have the, a follow up. Question. I, have... I have a follow up question for you. You're really sweaty. Are you concerned about preparing your own? Food? <laughs> I'm not preparing food. <laughs> and I also feel like as the chubbiest one on this team, I'm also the one that doesn't eat fast food. So I'm. I, you guys love Chick-fil-A and this is not, this is not a put on when we are near Chick-fil-A. I've seen Katie drool like saliva. She drools aggressively I'm just straight out drooling, but I would venture. You're to also the only quarterfinal athlete on the team, Katie. We got to give it to you. Basically I'm an elite athlete. Um, and I eat Chick-fil-A, but I mean, but it just it, Chick-fil-A is, and I would venture to guess a lot of people who listen to the show would agree. And it's, it's true. It's like you Chick-fil-A is fast food, but there's something about it. There's an element of it of it's the customer service. I really think it's, it's that it also of it. going back to what Fern said, they've done a really good job of getting it in your subconscious that this is not fast food. Like, well, I think that has to do with because of the experience, because everybody has yeah, a stigma about right. what fast food experience is like, which is nobody gives a shit at the register. You know, there, it comes out when it comes out, but you go there and while the food it's good, 
it's not why you, it's, fast you food, go, yeah. it's fast food at the end of the day. Like now they would take offense to that, whatever, but that's not why people really like Chick-fil-A. They like it because they have a positive experience there because if the food was just as good and there was no change to the, to the menu, to the recipes, any of that stuff. And the experience was garbage. Chick-fil-A would not be Chick-fil-A. I do think they've done a good job of getting them classified as the healthier fast food. Which, I mean, that's a, that's a marketing tactic, whatever. Yeah, good on but you. I'm just saying, I think that's part of it. Same with good Chipotle, right? Like, but I would tell I would go back to this. Their superpower is the customer service. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. I mean, I've not been nearly as much as you. Last time I was there was when you guys were in town and I had a fantastic. I mean, I haven't experience. been there in a while. I mean, I probably haven't been there in um, last night. Um, yeah, no, I know they're closed on yeah. Sundays. <laughs> um, so, but, but here's the thing. A lot of what you're saying to me and what Katie just alluded to, it's like, that's the little things that go that happen inside the CrossFit affiliate. Like to me, it's like the constantly varied functional movements at high intensity. It's like, we all serve burgers. We all serve grilled chicken or burritos or whatever you're buying. How in the, the tactics in which you use to deliver those things, the workout is what makes a great class experience. Like for me, I can show up at any box. I mean, if you watch any of our dropping in episodes on YouTube, nothing crazy is happening at those affiliates. I'm just having a great time because the class is providing a great experience. And that's ultimately what this comes down to at the affiliate level. Things like Katie said, are you asking a question and truly waiting to hear the answer? Do you get frazzled when three additional people show up and you plan for 10? Are you smiling at people? Do you know their names? Like that's what makes a great class experience. Yes. We talk about it all the time. Programming does and doesn't matter, right? Like at the end of the day, but better programming allows this stuff to happen. Right. So, yeah. So like that's, you know, if, if, if they didn't make good chicken sandwiches, none of that would be, would yeah. be available. However, if every time you got there was raw or something right. happened, you'd be like, right. okay, customer service only goes so far. Like exactly. I got salmonella. I exactly. can't eat this again. <laughs> right. So, but if you think about the things that they're doing, like what makes a great class experience, let's just go through a couple of things that I would consider low hanging fruit that really make a good difference. Starting on time. Easy. Okay. Let's just go with that. Ending you say, up, but before it, you even, before you jump to that, starting on time also includes being there at least five minutes. I prefer 15 minutes early because you only start on time if you're there early enough to check people in and do all if you if in other words if class starts at five and you show up at five you're going to be late I, on time is kind of relative some people are like you got to be there 45 minutes early i'm on time is on time that depends on you and it's it's you're either on time or you're not like you were either there prepared based on your skill set or you were not you know so five minutes three minutes 12 i don't really care but you need to start on time and you need when when Starting on time means being prepared. If you're there with two minutes and you're on time and you're prepared and you're, you know, shooting the shit for two minutes prior to, that's a great experience. So starting on time, finishing on time. Okay. Nailed After it. that, greeting people by their names and talking to them about non-fitness related stuff. How's your day? How are the kids? How's that project at the house going? Did you get that thing that we were talking about? All of that kind of stuff. Dialing up people's kind of like, if you will, their special orders. Like making sure that we scale everybody specifically for the workout, even if that's giving scaling up, for instance, I know this is in your wheelhouse, Jay, meaning like just 
not moving fast and trying lifting moderately heavy weights, but I want you to do these sets of four unbroken. And I know that's a big ask of you, but I'm going to, I'm going to push you a little bit today. I've got to fire so, it up. I got right, excited. Right. That's why you're sweating. Um, so, so those things, making sure that the, that everybody in the class gets something unique while they're there, right? Outside of scaling, but they get some sort of like coaching while they're there with regard to either their movement or their mobility, something like that. And then same thing on the way out, like make sure you get a cool down in, check in with everybody. How'd that go? Recap what happened in the workout. None of these things have anything to do with technical skill of teaching and movement. They're just looking at this lens of what is their experience, but looking at it through their lens, instead of, we always typically look at it, tend to look at it through our lens, which is I'm a really good coach. I'm great at gymnastics. Jay's good at, I don't know, something probably, you know? And so we look at that and we say, okay, well, this is what makes a good coach. Me being good at my skill is what makes me a good coach. And this is the running joke that we talked about uh, recently with regard to coaches and, and, and the pull-ups. Nobody cares. They care how they feel in the interaction. Whether or not you know what you're doing, that, that is going to be obvious as, as you make it your way through the class. And if you're really good at it, like if you are masterful at this thing, you'll be really good at it and nobody will know. Like it yeah, will know. just, they'll realize it like afterwards. They're like, damn, that was, I don't even know how we did all of that because it was seamless, but I was having a good time the entire time. And I, I was like warm and uh, I like worked out, had a good workout. It was fun. And I don't feel like trash afterwards. And it's on time. And I think if you can do that in the CrossFit space, you're really special because like you go to Chick-fil-A at the end of the day, you're eating a spicy chicken sandwich and waffle fries a milkshake. It's like, who doesn't feel amazing after that? But you go to CrossFit and you throw down like Fran or Diane or any number of terrible workouts, but people still leave wanting more or at least wanting to come back tomorrow. That's like, that's like, Hey, this is going to really suck for the next 30 minutes. But I'm telling you what, at the end, you're going to want to come back tomorrow. I'll give a real time example and I'll give Donnie Forbes a shout out for this. So we are working level two. I don't like to give Donnie any shout out. I know it's painful, but however, shout out Donnie, uh, in your deep manly voice. Um, Level two, he had the day two workout and there was uh, 18 people in the course. We're at CrossFit Charlotte. The workout that Andy, was- Is that Andy's box? Andy Hindle's box, yep. How's he doing? He's actually doing, he wasn't there, He was, but he's doing great. Uh, I think he's, uh, he's going to be working a seminar. I think he's going to be back on the, on, the, on, the, on the tour soon. Nice. Um, but he was teaching the class. I don't remember what the exact, it was five rounds. It was- uh, Sumodel, Taipo, Toast to Bar, Double Under. I don't remember the order, but it doesn't well, matter. For listeners, level two, whoever is put in charge of the day two workout actually creates the workout themselves. Correct. They provide the lesson plan. They brief the lesson plan to the class beforehand, and they go execute the lesson plan, and then we debrief what just happened after that. So it's a really cool experience, I think, for the participants to see the, it get teed up, get to see it in action, and get to see the debrief afterwards. So he's taking them through the warm-up, the specific warm-up, and he's got progressions for everything, uh, you know, as we would recommend any good coach do. And he has um, two things happen in that he gets first toes to bar and first double unders by taking somebody through those progressions. In a I class. thought level two. 
at their level two for peep for somebody. And this late, she was fantastic. Her name is Patricia. Her, her son owns uh Shaka bottom CrossFit, which isn't far from here, but she was fantastic, but she's a, you know, I don't know how old she is, but I mean, her son is clearly a grown person. So, she, you know, she's a, she's a master's athlete for sure. Probably in her fifties, late fifties, um, but gets both of those. And so if you're talking about like what makes a good class experience, that's what makes a good class experience. And Donnie doesn't know this lady, by the way, he, we met on Saturday. That's- we, didn't, we didn't have to do any crazy special programming or, uh, you know, ridiculous amount of assessments. It's like good coaching, checking in with people, assessing what their capacity is, taking them through a well thought out progression to get to the end state. And then not magically they get there. That is what makes a good class experience. Again, using names, the other, cause I was doing the debrief. So I was watching the whole thing unfold and taking notes for the entire class. That's a well-run class. And I would argue that he didn't do anything that we would describe as sexy. He did the basics really well. He started on time, gave a great brief, interacted with all the athletes because there was quite a few injuries in there, had a plan, started on time, finished on time. And then there was a couple really big wins in there that they celebrated at the end. That is what makes a great class. It wasn't the programming. It wasn't that he had some super sexy progressions. People want that. People want to believe like you need all these bells and whistles. Now, let's be clear. Donnie Forbes is one of the best in the world, right? But really anyone on staff would have done just as well. And, and be getting on staff, you know, while getting on staff may be a challenge, becoming a coach at that level is not a challenge if you put in the time and effort. Like whether or not you ever made it on staff is insignificant. You can be a fantastic coach like Donnie, chasing virtuosity, like you just said, Doing, you know, doing the common uncommonly well, because here's what else I'm hearing. It's like people want to pretend like, oh, I need, like you said, this and that assessment, blah, blah, blah. It's like he had 18 strangers, 18 strangers that he had no idea of the best coaches in the world. From the moment they start coaching, they're looking at everybody. They're determining like you talked about. Hey, I can tell that hurts your wrists. Why? Because I have wrists, too. And that looks (laughs) uncomfortable. Right. I know that's like. I hate to give you credit for something good, but that was definitely yours. But, you know, people people forget that. Like we had a great coaches development call the other day and one of our affiliate U clients, who's also a level three uh, trainer, Ryan Wheeler, was talking about like when he coaches the deadlift, if somebody's new or struggling, he's still calling out reps, but maybe he's standing beside them. Maybe he's talking about, you know, okay, we're going to prop up the uh, bumpers or we're going to use a kettlebell. Like the best coaches in the world are constantly assessing the entire class the entire time. The other conversation we had there in that coaches development group, and I, I'm, I'm curious to your both of your opinions on this. So I said this, like you do everything that Fern just laid out, which is, by the way, like the bare minimum, like show up on time and that's on the time. point. That is the point. But, the, but, but, but before you go any, so my, my contention, show up on time and on time and just make it fucking fun. Okay. Period, period. Nuts on it. I'm not even suggesting that, like, if you do all these, it's a trickle effect. Yes, somebody will get their first toes to bar, double unders, et cetera. But if you had a new coach, because you have a great intern process at Right Fern, and Katie, you've been through a couple intern processes. If you, if your coach shows up on time, ends on time, and man, the, you can feel the fun, zero to 100, how do you score them? Oh, I'm going to, they're going to be above 75%. That's my point that I agree, but 
Well, we've biased it because Katie's going to give us the answer we want now. But Katie, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I think if, as long as it was a fun experience, they score pretty it, high. Yeah, I mean, that, and I mean, really, that's presence and attitude too, right, Fern? I mean, Donnie, you, I mean, I'd like to think I've got the best presence and attitude on staff. I've been told that by, you know, the likes of Nicole Absolutely Carroll, nobody. Yeah. Dave Castro. I mean, Coach Glassman reached out the other day. Um, <laughs> but Donnie's right up there. Donnie is fucking hysterical. He's really funny. Yeah. But, but that, that, that humor that he carries is not going to overshadow his coaching. No, and you can make it, you can be really funny and not fun by you poking can be funny, fun of the you wrong. Can really funny, terrible coach. That's the thing. Yeah. And Donnie, yeah. a lot of his humor is like busting balls. So right. he's got the wherewithal to know, like, as we've all developed, like, hey, that person needs to, you know, and by the way, that might change. You hit me on the wrong day, make a short joke, and I lose my mind, right? Like, you have to be able to pick up on those personalities. So I think we all are in agreement. It's an above average class with just, literally three things start on time and on time and make it fun. Yeah. And then, and then all of those have rabbit holes you can go into. But, and, and so I want to, I want to, I would zoom out here just a little bit to, to explain why this is important and, and the importance of looking at a class through that lens. And, and it's not to say that you're not going to look at, look at it through the lens of a tactician. You definitely should. If you don't understand progressions and why like that, we're getting into the nuance now and you, that is a must. You must do that. Okay. However, the other things are the things that people are going to notice first. Yeah. That's a good, that's, that's important. That's, that's why they're important. The consumer doesn't know any better, right? You, you get me to do your, my first toes to bar in class, but you showed up seven minutes late when I had to get a babysitter. I don't give a shit about my toes to bar anymore. Right. So I think of, and so uh, one of our other, we just had a big group call and they were asking, you know, how do I handle somebody who's shopping around? And the answer was good customer service. If you give good customer service, they will be back. The end. Make sure you're standing at the front door when the person shows up for their consult or their free intro. Greet them, greet them by name. Why? Because you set the appointment and you should know that his name is fucking Bob. Right. Don't be standing there eating lunch and be like, how can I help you when you scheduled the appointment? Can I tell you a funny thing that I do at seminars, Fern, when you have reg registration, you know, for those in the biz, um, you get the list of people signing up. We call it Frantron. Right. So that's where you register. But inevitably, there's the last person or last couple people to show up. (laughs) Right. So I, I walk can in, I'm like, Sally, like, how do you know my name? I'm like, well, yeah. literally, you're the last person here. <laughs> yeah. And then we usually make a joke. But obviously, if it's a woman, you look like, well, female names are, you know, et cetera. But they're always like, how this part, like, and that just starts their weekend off like, wow, these people. And then immediately you're asking them, like, what box do you go to? Do you coach? It's like, I, I don't know. From what do you think we take this for granted? Be honest. Like, do you think? We are like I say this. I mean, I say this arrogantly, but at the same time, humbly. Like because we are the best in the world at coaching CrossFit, do we take that for granted, or is that something just if you care, it's there? Because I don't, I don't know that we take it for granted. I, I think it's, I think it, the standard is the standard, right? However, it is revisited. So, in my mentor call last week, we talked about this topic, which is the con- the topic of just the customer service portion of that. 
just in, in, you know, in a being a seminar setting or in, in a, in a, no, a, in a, no, in a seminar setting, which Got applies it. to the group class as well, course, which, yeah. you know, you know, like if somebody's standing there looking awkward and lost, don't continue to let them stand there and look awkward and lost, like get up, stop, whatever you're doing, their experience. If you know what you're doing, even if you are having a team meeting or talking to somebody, if you know what you're doing, that can wait. This person is now the priority. Yeah. So if so a new person do. comes in, a perfect example would be if a new person comes in and you're giving the whiteboard brief, right? You're in the middle of the whiteboard. If you're like, hey guys, it's a happy Tuesday. We're going to get this ball smasher here and this is going to be great. Everybody's going to have a good time. And somebody walks in while that's happening. I would contend that you should stop mid-sentence and be like, hey, how can I help you? Are, can, are, are you meeting somebody? Like did, maybe the appointment wasn't with you or something like that. Like, how, like what can I do for you? And like, hey, I just wanted to hear to check it out. i be like, hey, can I get with you in, in 60 seconds? I'm going to get these guys moving and then I'll make that happen. That would be the interaction. Instead of looking at them, acknowledging that they, you both see that they're in the building and then just going back to what you're doing. Like, that's terrible. So that's my point is that the, the looking at this through the lens of like really customer service oriented, like what door do people come in? Something simple, like are there signs that would direct people where that they should go? Yeah. Some CrossFits are very hard to find. Yeah. I'm like, am I in a dungeon or like, is, is that the, is that the door that I walk in to get murdered or is that the gym? I don't know. So I, I think it's important because that is the first thing that people experience is the customer service portion of that. After that, they're going to get to the skill, your profession, your expertise, your, your technical knowledge about movements and warmups and all of that other stuff. But, you know, if somebody treats you like garbage or doesn't acknowledge your existence, I don't care who they are anymore because you've just demonstrated that you don't care who I am. Yeah. I mean, two posts that I put up recently really are in line with this one being, you know, I took class the other day, PR'd had a great workout and I left so happy. Like I've been doing this thing for 15 years and still like, you know, I know it's as cliche as it is. It's whether or not you want to call it the best hour of your day. It's certainly a fun hour of my day all these years later. And very rarely is it because I got a great cue. Like, don't get me wrong. The coaches at Ralston Creek, give me some great cues, but it's far more about like, I just had a good time with friends. Like, we started on time as we were supposed to. We ended on time. Yes, I hit a PR in the middle. And it's like, that impacts the rest of my day. So I think this little stuff that, that might seem like insignificant is far more important. Yes, go learn the points of performance. Go practice your cueing. Watch movement. But this is like, if you're a level one just beginning, th this is where it's at. And, you know, the second part of that is at the greater whole of CrossFit, we all hear the negative chirping, whatever that looks like, this solves almost all of it. If you simply try to level up as a coach, whether you're the box owner or a level one trainer that just took their level one this past weekend, this is how you do it. People are like, oh, bad CrossFits give other bad CrossFits a bad reputation. How about let's, let's flip the script and say, good CrossFits give bad CrossFits a good reputation. Because if they show up and just you know their name, like Fern said, and you pause the action if they stumbled in during the middle of the whiteboard brief, or you just simply ask them one more question, like Katie alluded to, like, that's all it takes. You do not have to be a level four or a level three or even a level two trainer to be someone that people want to be around and to help CrossFit level up and be, you know, eliminate this negative talk about it. 
so here's here's the challenge to everybody. When you think about like what is a good a great class experience, think about it through the lens of the of the clients that come into your gym. What is their experience? Not what you and your coaching staff think it's like. What is their experience? Do they feel greeted and acknowledged? Do they feel like the coaches understand what their pain points are? Do they feel like if they're in a rush that this is going to start and end on time? And the coaches has the coach has their best interest in mind. That is what makes a great class experience. Now, if you want to make it over the top, just amazing, then be the best at your craft and know what you're doing. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Best Hour of Their Day podcast. We appreciate you listening and choosing to have us help you in your passion for coaching and affiliate ownership. You can find more episodes just like this on all podcast platforms. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to us on any social media platforms, or you can visit www.besthouroftheirday.com to book a call. If you found this episode helpful for you, please share it so that we can help other coaches and affiliate owners to help build a bigger and stronger CrossFit community. Thanks for listening.